Welcome back to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Today, we're continuing our series on the future of Vancouver. There are transformational changes happening right now, right across the city. And we're going to unpack the impact they will have on the businesses and the people who call Vancouver home. Today, I'm joined by Nate Sabine, board member of the Downtown Business Improvement Association and director of Hospitality Vancouver Association, president of Music BC, and also the director of business development and marketing with Blueprint. Welcome, Nate. Hi, thanks for having me. So you have been involved in the Vancouver nighttime economy for well over a decade. And with your roles at Blueprint, which is an owner of nightclubs, restaurant, entertainment brands, you know, you probably are one of the best people positioned in the city to really talk about what the nighttime economy is. So maybe let's start with a definition. What do you, what do you think that is and what is it really for the city? Yeah, um, the nighttime economy is all the cultural and economic activity that takes place between, call it 5 p.m. and 4 a.m. So, you know, we also refer to it as the other nine to five. Um, and what we found is that there's a bit of a movement worldwide, and this all started happening for our city pre-pandemic. I want to say it was about 2017, 18, when there's been this movement and there have been the appointment of nightmares and the establishment of offices of the nighttime economy in various shapes and forms across uh, worldwide um, because it seems that the nighttime economy doesn't get its due um, in terms of what it adds to the the tax base, the economic impact, the amount of jobs, also the, just the general culture and safety um, around nighttime activities. So, you know, we've we're what we're trying to do is establish a base of okay this includes all of the workers so whether it's a hotel worker or a taxi driver or um, somebody that does sound and lights at a nightclub or whether it's artists or bartenders or whoever it is um, and really getting a good handle on what that means and the overall impact for our city you know and that's a, i think a really good point around the overall impact on the city that when you think about a city's economy and we're talking about Vancouver's economy, the nighttime economy is a really important part of that. And quite frankly, I mean, it has been in decline for some time, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. And there are reasons for that. Again, trends worldwide. Uh, it started with the, the millennial group not being into nightclubs the same way that people from, from my age group were. It or used mine. <laughs> or, or yours. Like, we're probably about the same. So... <clears throat> It was and it was a really interesting trend, and that started about a decade ago, where it wasn't that you could just have a nightclub and have some good local entertainment and open your doors and people come in and just party and do their thing. Um, and that was due a lot to technology because the main reasons that people go out to nightclubs to discover new music, to meet a partner, and to you know have a few drinks and unwind, you can do two of those online really easily now, and you've been able to for a long time. And the other is that um, just with innovation and creativity and everything and different offerings, people, there are, you know, wine bars and lots of breweries and this, that, and the other thing. So, um, and then when you get to Vancouver specifically, what has happened, and this has been something that we've been fighting at City Hall since I can remember, um, is just bad legislation. Um, it's very prohibitive in terms of the licensing, the zoning, um, even hours of operation capacity, you name it. So it, it makes it 
uninviting for somebody to open a nightlife venue. Not only uninviting, but perhaps that's how we got the moniker of No Fun yeah. City. Do you think that's still accurate or is that maybe starting to change? I, I think that it's been starting to change for a while. Um, when you start looking at the overall landscape of entertainment in the city, if you look at sports um, festivals, which festivals are now in a bit of a crisis again, but for years and years they were strong. Um, you look at, again, at nightlife and restaurants and the fact that Vancouver is not no longer a flyover city for artists. You know, Vancouver is a major stop for artists. Um, I've been saying for a couple of years now that if you still call Vancouver no fun city, then you're not trying very hard. <laughs> because there, there is a lot of stuff to do. There are lots of interesting things. Now, is it world class? Is it um, something that I think that people who are planning a trip put at the top of their list? I'm going to go to Vancouver for their nightlife. No. no, there's a lot of work to do, but it's not where we were 15 years ago. But we've got this roadway in front of us, if you will. We've got a lot of big, big events coming to Vancouver over, and if we've, even if you just take the next three years and the end of that road would be FIFA World Cup, but we've got, you know, a lot of sporting events and cultural events and entertainment events coming um, to the city. And so there is an urgency to start to shape things and, and put changes in place so that the nighttime economy can thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need that stuff. And we've needed it for for years now. And when you look at what's happened with the Granville Entertainment District, uh, where you might say that the height of activity there and the best years were 20, 2009 to 2012. Uh, that's a long time ago now. And there's been things that have happened on that street since then that have sort of really impact negatively impacted what, what goes on on that street um we don't have to get into that now but yeah so with fifa coming especially i mean i was just at the mayor's office yesterday talking about how can we urgently approach this what are the changes that we can enact within the next three years to turn the street around um and again when we say maybe it's not turning it around it's improving it and it's again, it's things like zoning, putting up some more hotels, putting and compelling some restaurants to go there, that type of thing, and getting more creative in the way that we use public space. Because the street has a pretty bad reputation, I think, especially mm -hmm. when you get out of the downtown core um, and, and people that live in Vancouver proper. And it's not all, all deserved. You know, there are still thousands of people down there having a good, safe time every weekend. Well, and you, I mean, the Granville Entertainment District, it does seem like the this new city council and new mayor, that there is a new approach. And, you know, the development project, I think things are, are well in the works there. And it's not just entertainment space. There's also office, restaurant. And so that could be quite transformational for that part of the downtown core. Absolutely. Um, Pre-pandemic, we had just opened Good Co. Granville, which uh, was Colony Granville when we opened it. And we had such a bustling lunchtime and happy hour that it was it was um, it was a really nice surprise. But, you know, that's one of the things the pandemic has really changed is the the activity that happens after work. Um, and I'm sure that it's impacted retail on the street and and all of the rest of it. So those things can't happen fast enough. The, the 800 block of Granville cannot happen fast enough. You know, some of the zoning changes that people are asking for need to happen quickly if we're going to really make this a desirable location.
Well, you talk about changes and not happening fast enough. Uh, you, I, the Hospitality Vancouver Association launched a survey last month with Destination Vancouver asking people what they want to see. Um, I know it's a bit early to talk about the results because they're still in mm-hmm. the works, but are you getting any kind of uh, ideas or themes coming forward? Mm, that's a that's a really great question. So we haven't really started crunching the data because we had about 700 people fill out the online survey just randomly, and they didn't have to be Vancouver people. So we haven't started crunching that data because it's something that you kind of have to do, but just um, do all at once rather. But at a glance, there are a lot of similar themes, and those themes are around safety. Those themes are around accessibility and inclusion um, and more. And when we say more, I think that we're talking in a general sense about, as my colleague uh, Laura Balance puts it, we we need to go from being a city with events to being an eventful city. That's so a great th- way to put it. Mm-hmm. I I agree, and and I've sort of adopted that, and I'm using it a lot because when you talk about culture and and you know creative interaction and all of these things that a, that a good strong city has. We're talking about family events. We're talking about, again, use of public space, interesting things to draw the eye and to draw people into our downtown core, um, not just for sports and concerts. Um, it, yeah, it's it's incredibly important. Well, you know, anybody who's traveled to other countries and you think about um, how the use of public space is happening. You know, Mexico comes to mind with their use of plazas, zocalos. Uh, in Europe, same thing, that there's these big open spaces that, as you say, draw people in. And I would love to see Vancouver to get to that place where it is more open and more vibrant and more lively. But one of the things that that plagues Vancouver right now is the challenges around public safety. And so that has to be dealt with, I think, when we're talking about the nighttime economy. And you mentioned that it was even brought up in the survey as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. I think that any anybody in Vancouver would agree with that. It's, you know, let's, let's um, walk before we run. And I love the Plaza idea. I think that the Granville Promenade that, that, downtown van has been doing for the last couple of years with um with support from city council um is is a major step forward that way but there are still you you want to feel safe and you want to be able to bring your family i mean i have a six and a half year old daughter you want to be able to bring them to those experiences and, mm-hmm. and feel completely safe looking at other challenges you know i understanding that a lot of what makes up the nighttime economy is tourism hospitality not an easy time for the industry during the pandemic uh, probably the hardest hit and now coming out of it uh, just trying to attract and retain workers um how much of an issue is this for vancouver's nighttime economy it's a pretty big issue it was really bad when the reopening first happened. It was, um, as I put it before, it was like a dogfight out there to get good talent or even to get new talent that you knew you'd have to train and spend all the time and money and resources training people properly. This is kind of a top to bottom thing. So this is everything from our head off, head office marketing team to people washing dishes. It was 
I don't know where everybody went. I mean, I know a lot of it has to do with um, with immigration and things like this that couldn't happen. People left mm-hmm. on mass at the beginning of the pandemic and haven't come back, like left our country. But um, yeah, it's 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 kind of leveled out a little bit. But unfortunately, it's leveled out partly for the reason that most businesses aren't as busy as they were pre-pandemic or they've adjusted either their service levels or their hours to be able to reflect the the staffing that they're able to to retain mm-hmm. and that's not ideal either and it's also something that none of us saw coming out of this pandemic we were like oh it's you know it's going to be a heyday it's going to be the roaring 20s it's going to be all these things and then there's just like oh wait there's this oh wait we can't find the appropriate staff oh you know it's just thing after thing it's been really tough. I mean, if there's any kind of, I don't want to say silver lining, but at least it's not just a Vancouver specific problem. This yeah, is it's problem definitely not. All over the place. But it'll be interesting this summer because this will be the first summer where things are really back to normal um, without restrictions, without a lot of the even concern and hesitation. So this might be the litmus test is to see how things have really evened out or or have they and where those challenges exist. I think, you know, just getting the youth interested again and working in in hospitality is is something that I know a lot of people in the industry are are trying to do. Um, one of the um things that I've heard talked about around the nighttime economy would be setting up an office of the nighttime economy. Mm-hmm. What does that look like and what are the objectives? The objectives are to have a consistent voice with the city and with the province about the nighttime economy. You know, let's start with Vancouver, but then move into the lower mainland. And again, advocating for the the workers and understanding resident issues and things like this and being able to communicate that to City Hall properly and bring all the right people to the table, but also to do what say sport hosting Vancouver has done, which is go out and and find events or or build events, you know, um with with festivals and and with things in the in the creative sector, it's more we're we're really motivated to create things ourselves here. But there's no apparatus right now that allows us to do that easily. There's no office, there's no one really that's advocating. And there are all of these people that are having the same conversation in all these agencies, destination van, downtown van, um, mm-hmm. independent operators like Blueprint, um, you know, the the city, uh, you know, Ken Sim is all about pushing our city forward and making it better, making it world class. So everyone's having these conversations, but it's about, okay, guys, let's like, you know, let's all get together and figure out what this looks like. What's realistic? Because then you start talking about things um, like uh, the schedule. What does a Canuck schedule look like? What is this? Look, you know, you have to plan thoughtfully so that things aren't happening in a vacuum. And so the, the, the things that you're planning, especially when you're talking about mass events, are successful. So it's great point because, you know, when I think about where other destinations that I that I travel to or want to travel to and, you know, have a thriving nighttime economy, it does take a lot of coordination. So are there cities that you maybe look to to say, you know, that would be our our vision is to try and get to look like the city mm-hmm. in this country? Are there a couple of favorites that you think, Vancouver, this is what your aspiration should be? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great 
question. Um, I think there are, nobody has it nailed exactly. And, but there are certainly places that have a more vibrant uh, nightlife culture than we do. Uh, Amsterdam, where the first night mayor was, was put in place. And we actually flew him in a couple of times in the early days to speak with city council and to speak with um, the DVBIA and do a couple of panels because it was such a, a unique and important thing at the time. So Amsterdam has a very, very good handle on it. There is um, an event there every, I think it's September called ADE. And it is, uh, it's an electronic music conference, but it's one of the, the biggest in the world and incredibly well organized. And the, the, it's, it would be, it's like a huge civic thing. Everyone understands that it's going on, even if the music isn't for everybody. So it's really impressive the way they brought the community and the city together there. Um, New York City is is always a good one. And mm -hmm. I've not been to Mexico City, but I hear Mexico City is is really on top of it as well. Yeah, Mexico City is, I think, an interesting one to mention because, you know, a decade or two ago, it wasn't a safe city and it wasn't a, you know, there wasn't a coordinated approach and it is much, much larger than Vancouver. But I mean, that's really what you're advocating for is uh, more coordination, eventful city and public safety to be top of mind and, and make a really welcoming city for all, for families, for young people, for older people, for everybody. That's absolutely right. And also we need to make it more attractive for business because it's, it is hard doing business in British Columbia, like straight up. And I'm not even necessarily complaining about it. It's just the reality. Well, and you make a very, very good point and one that we talk about on this podcast all the time and particularly in this one sector and we're out hospitality and tourism, uh, we're talking about a lot of small and medium businesses and they have been hit the hardest by the pandemic and some of them are still recovering, which comes as a surprise to many people because so many other large corporations have come out of the pandemic maybe better than before. So mm -hmm. very good points uh, that you make there, Nate, that not only the city of Vancouver, but this jurisdiction, this region needs to make it easier for businesses to operate, particularly small and medium businesses. Absolutely. The other thing that's not talked about within that, and I think Blueprint would fall into the medium-sized business, you know, we have about 600 employees, is that the debt that people have taken on to make it. Mm -hmm. and the fact that they're struggling right now a lot of the time is because they're servicing the debt they took on while they're trying to manage business in uh, an economy that your margins are just shrunk to almost nothing if you're in hospitality. Yeah, CFIB so, did a great study on that. And the, the numbers, I can't uh, quite recall them right now, but it is considerable, the debt, and just more awareness about that and getting people out to support those uh, small and medium operators in hospitality. Super, super important is the recovery of our city. Absolutely. You got to support the locals. So we've got a three-year roadway, if you will, to to the big event of FIFA World Cup. Um, what would you say would be your top priorities, you know, over the next few years to really start to ensure a thriving nighttime economy? Mm. The biggest one would probably be to improve Granville Street, to um, make some actual physical changes there. The second would be, and that has to be something that we sustain because mm -hmm. 
Otherwise, and it's happened in so many cities where you have an entertainment district that goes well for maybe a decade and then it goes away and it becomes like old Vegas. You know, it's just it's it's not OK um, when we've got all the infrastructure there. And it wasn't that long ago that the entertainment district was created. Um, that would be my number one. I think number two would be general changes in zoning and what is allowed in certain types of spaces. Um, I'm speaking about, you know, warehouses things like this, um, you know, that, I don't know, even outdoor spaces and and mixed use buildings. Uh, I don't think that we've been innovative there at all. And I think that it's one of those things where when you ask why you can't easily enact change or why um, a system is set up a certain way, everyone kind of looks at each other and goes, I don't really know. Well, if that's your answer, then let's change it. Because well, it's also a good revenue driver for the city when it had to increase property taxes by nearly 11 percent. So there's a yeah. there's some benefit there, too, for oh, the there's, it's it's a common sense type of thing. I mean, safety is always the number one priority, but it's for the city and it's a number one priority for any responsible operator, which I like to think that 99 percent of us are in this city. So so again, why can't we sit down as adults and, you know, put all of the the passed aside um, in terms of what's been grandfathered in and talk about this constructively and make some change. So that, again, that's important running up to FIFA, but it's important just in general. Um, and, and I guess the third, although it falls within the first one to an extent, is public safety. We really need to um, not only make the public feel safer, but we need to actually make it safer. We need change. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, it's just it's just awful what um, people are living through in the downtown east side. It is, you know, uh, somebody was saying to me the other day, it that is the one thing that we have that is, you know, that we're notable for worldwide. And and that's just awful. Yeah. Would be nice to to be able to turn that around and say notable for making it better for for people who live yes. in the downtown east side and for business and residents who are in and around the downtown east side. Nate, I really, really appreciate the conversation and, and look forward to working with you over the next few years to really have a focus on the nighttime economy and just how important it is to the overall economic health of our city. I really appreciate you shining a light on some of these issues. Likewise, Bridget. Thank you so much.